chocolate, menstrual cycle. Menstrual cycle, chocolate. An equation we're all too familiar with. But do we know why? Devin Perino, founder of Mooncycle Bakery, is bringing you a monthly subscription-based service that literally delivers baked goods to sustain and support you during your cycle. No longer is the cookie simply just a cookie. Anti-inflammatory, immune-boosting, vitamin C-packed, iron absorption, magnesium replenishing, antioxidant administrating, PMS symptoms soothing. Even if you don't know what any of this means, Devin and her team are directing the conversation, and in some cases, even initiating it, away from the age-old cramps, eye rolls, and general drag we associate with the menstrual cycle, to one where, in knowing how our bodies work, we thrive throughout the entire month. We capitalize on the different phases of our body, and rather than retract, we step into ourselves, cookie in hand. This is Blood, Sweat, and Chocolate with Devin Perino. A quick heads up, we're dealing with an overseas conversation here. So the audio may reflect this. Coming to you from the East Coast, USA, in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Uh, I love this question. <laughs> uh, who, who I would say I am as a person. Um, I am a very feelings-driven person. Um, a creative. I try in my daily life to mesh the two because I feel like that that my art and my outreach and my impact on the world is really at its best when I am in um, when I'm in integrity with my feelings and I'm also creating um, I feel like I am someone that I love like I love to explore um, uncover deep dive, um, I'm the kind of person that loves to sit on the couch with someone and talk for hours. And I'm also the kind of person that will spontaneously go on a trip with you and um, explore a new place. So I kind of am I'm like that very grounded, earthy, rooted person. That's where I, I feel really good there. But then my head is always in the clouds as well. And I feel like what I do um, or what I aim to do is get really comfortable with the uncomfortable. I, I feel like I am pretty good at that and it's, it makes me happy to be in that space. Um, so that kind of goes anywhere from moon cycle, like really wanting to break down stigmas and talk about um, a topic that I find to be incredibly empowering, um, but that, you know, society doesn't always paint in that light um, and hasn't always painted it or really hasn't much at all painted in that light for centuries um, to all the way to like writing where I love to write about, um, emotions and kind of personalizing them or personifying them. And, um, I think that what I aim to do is make these more relatable or not relatable, more, um, acceptable and also take these very relatable topics and make them easy to, um, discuss and embrace for people. And the next question, I want to know what intuition means to you. But yeah. I just hear that you're very much aligned and in tune with yourself already. Absolutely, yeah. Intuition's a big one for me. Yeah. But I've had guests on who are just starting down on this road with their intuition. And I've had guests on who, like you, are very comfortable in that space. And I love that you said, I like getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. But yeah, mm-hmm. what does intuition mean to you? Yeah, um, so intuition, 
intuition, what does that mean to me? I would say intuition uh, means really trusting in yourself, uh, which I find intuition to be a practice. I find it to be something that um, I have to continue to come home to. So it's it's some days it's easy and other days it's it's really not. Um, but it's this it's it is kind of this little voice inside that when I um, want to do something or even if I'm afraid to do something that it it's this really grounded place to move from. So um, when I think about risks I've taken or um, you know or starting moon cycle, I think about how it almost felt like getting struck by lightning. Um, it's like this feeling that I just can't deny. It, I, I know I need, want, will go after it, and it's because this intuition inside is telling me that that is, that is the next step. And then from there, I, I just have to trust it and leap. Yes. And you're working within a space where health, diet, nutrition – politics, um, and cultural elements all come into play. And I'd like to start off with what those early days looked like when Moon Cycle Bakery was solely an idea in pen and paper. Um, what were those first few steps like? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first few steps, I mean, the way that Moon Cycle was, um, founded was during a bachelorette party, and at my bachelor party, we I was with my friends in at this point in California, and we were just kind of bar hopping. And at the last bar, my my now husband had brought this really uh, decadent, amazing chocolate cake for us to eat, and um, we you know all got really quiet and ate it, and we're in heaven. And my friend walked over and tapped him on the shoulder and told him, "I just have to tell you, this is one of the best things I've ever eaten." And um, I don't know if it's because I'm about to get my period or not, but I almost cried. And so, you know, I, I was like, well, I can totally relate to that. Um, and we were, her and I were kind of laughing about it a little bit later in that night. And I was like, don't worry, I'll bring you a piece of this cake every month. And so when I woke up, like I said, it, it felt like we were talking about it and it really felt like this idea chose me. Like it almost felt like I was purely just a channel for it. Um, and it felt like I had gotten hit by lightning. I knew that there was something there and I knew that it was really important. So from there, the next few steps really was, uh, um, just sitting with it. Like I kind of equated it to what I feel, you know, I don't have any kids. Um, but what I feel like growing a baby would be like you really you almost just sit with that at first like you find this thing you're so excited you're scared there's so many emotions that are coming up um and but you're it's kind of sacred at first because if you and maybe like your really close uh family friends are the only ones that really know about it so the first few days were really magical because it was this this beautiful idea that I felt so connected to, um, that my husband loved. And then from there I started to talk to my friends about it. Um, and, uh, that led to more like focus groups. I really wanted to see if there was something here, like if this is what women wanted and this is what they needed and how I could best support them. Um, so, so yeah, it was, um, it was, a, it was a lot of that for about a year. And I will, I'll say too, it was, um, you know, I went on to get married and life happened and, and I was still working at a, um, I was working in the fashion industry at this point. Um, and so it was, um, 
it was like an up and down because my I felt like I was only able to give it as much attention as I could, not necessarily as much as I wanted to. Um, so at some point, I decided that I I needed to go for it. Like, like if I was going to do it, I needed to do it a hundred percent. And and so I quit my job. I was I was able to at that point, luckily, and um, and and deep dive. But yeah, the first few days were a lot of um, visualizing. Just and really wanting to get the foundation set before moving and growing from there. And how did that partnership look like between you and your husband? What was his reaction like when you're like, "Let's do this, let's go for it"? Yeah, he was all for it. Um, he he's amazing. I mean, he's he's the most one of the most supportive people I I know, and I'm lucky enough to call um, a big part of my life. But he was super excited. He. Um, was right there with me at every like focus group we had, every interview. We, we actually ended up going, one of the things we did was um, the Thinks underwear, the period underwear. They had what they called the taboo tour, and they went around the country, um, but they ended in San Francisco. And so um, we, at that point, lived in Oakland. So we went into the city and went to this event, and it was awesome. He was like one of the maybe like two males that were there, and I loved it. And we just soaked up everything that everyone was saying, and there would be certain parts during that event where we'd look at each other and be like, yeah, like women really want this. They really need this. Um, so it was really nice to have him at my side and – What's great too is he's a chef, so it was nice wow. because, um, yeah. So that part was great. I worked with um, Katie Lemon. She's an influencer and a nutritionist, and an absolutely a gem of a person. But I worked with her to create the first three recipes, and it was great because they were delicious. But I would always have Ryan's input too on like, oh, add a little bit more salt or maybe a little bit more cinnamon, you know, something like that. So um, it's been really invaluable to have him around. And does he still bake to this day? Is he in the kitchen, like, helping formulate? <laughs> He's not really. He uh, he was when we first, so we had the Kickstarter, and that's how we were funded, um, which was amazing and a total blessing. And then after that, we got everything together, and then um, it was, like, maybe four months after we were fully funded that we began to send all the treats out. And he was there baking, like, hundreds of treats with me, which was, I mean, I could not have done it without him. Um, but at this point now he's actually, he, he has like his own projects and his own passions and I'm so lucky to have been able to build a team at this point. Um, I have an amazing woman, Jenna, who helps me. She's a nutritionist as well. And she comes up with a lot of recipes, um, that I, he, he just gets to be the taste tester now. (laughs) The best part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it flows great into the next question because I first approached you on the subject of seed cycling. But really, yes. if you could touch on any of the rituals um, you integrate throughout the month to support the four phases of your cycle, the menstrual, follicular, ovulation, luteal. Yes, absolutely. So let's see what the best way to go about doing this. Well, so the way that we look at our treats is we – so we create hormone-supportive treats – um, that helps support women during different phases of their cycle. And the way that we look at this is through the scope of food as medicine. So that means that we're looking at certain um, micronutrients that you lose during different parts of your cycle. And then we're looking at nutrients and foods that help to replenish those micronutrients. So uh, a good example of this would be uh, we can start during the luteal phase, since I feel like that's a big one for a lot of people. I know it is for me where we tend to feel a lot of the PMS symptoms, um, bloating, 
cramping, that kind of thing. So one of our best-selling treats, I mean, it's a lot because of it. It's just so delicious is, um, our chocolate cup with honey and ginger. Mm. We also have, we actually have a few versions of it. We have one with, um, gluten-free pretzels and peppermint, but I would say the honey and ginger one is probably our best seller. Um, that one's great for the luteal phase because it's full of cacao, which <clears throat> cacao is full of magnesium. So when, when we're in a luteal phase, our progesterone, uh, drops and our magnesium plummets. So what that looks like is bloating, um, constipation, irritability. Uh, there's a lot that can shift when those hormones start to drop off right before we get our period. And because cacao is full of magnesium, it's, it could be a physiological reason why we crave chocolate. Uh, so cacao is awesome because it's, it's not full of a ton of sugar. It's not full, you know, like raw cacao, it's a plant. Um, so that's one example of what a lot of people might reach for during their luteal phase. We had a, well, our sweet potato brownie, I would say, is also great for our luteal phase as well. It's really good. Um, sweet potato is a complex carb, and um, when our hormones start to drop off, sometimes we can experience mood swings. That's really great because complex carbs actually help to boost serotonin, which I think is such a cool fact, um, and which is why we might you know, crave carbs, but with complex carbs, it's great because they break down slower. They're not giving us that big sugar spike that we want to avoid, you know, really ever, but especially during our cycle. Um, so the sweet potato brownies are also really great for that as well. I'm going to pull up actually, let's see. We have, uh, we just, I got rid of it actually, but it was a, um, it was one of my favorites. We, we have some in the freezer at my, I'm at my parents' house right now. And I am like trying to make them last because they're so good. But we had the pumpkin cookies with pumpkin seeds and dark chocolate chunks, and they were unreal. Um, and they were pumpkin seeds, going back to seed cycling, are really great as well. And I can actually kind of touch on seed cycling a bit if we want. I had um, one of our teammates, Emily broke down seed cycling in a way that I thought was really easy to understand because I feel like seed cycling can be a little, there's just a lot to it. Yeah. So, so the practice of seed cycling is the idea is by eating certain seeds with specific nutrients um, that promote hormonal regulation during different phases of the menstrual cycle, it can like a healthy balance of sex hormones can be achieved. So this looks like incorporating seeds that promote estrogen production during the first half of the cycle, and then seeds that promote progesterone during the second half of the cycle. Specifically would be one tablespoon each of like ground flaxseed and pumpkin seeds are eaten per day during the first half of your cycle. So the pumpkin cookie I just spoke about would be great during the first two phases of your cycle, ovulatory and follicular. So that's awesome. And then what helps as well is one tablespoon each of sunflower seeds and sesame seeds are eaten per day during the second half of your cycle. So that's something that when we're creating our treats, we look at. And as we continue to build out, like right now we have treats that kind of, they layer themselves within the phases. So we don't have like one treat per phase yet, but as we continue to grow our product base, that's something we want to look at and then be able to start incorporating sunflower seeds, sesame seeds, et cetera. And in terms of um, adaptogens as well, what's your favorite one? Mm, that's a good question. I think I like Hishi Wu actually. And I think the reason that I really like Hishi Wu is because I didn't know much about it. 
And what I ended up uh, learning about it, which I'm, I'm trying to remember which one we have, the Hishibu. And I think the Hishibu is in, it's in our chocolate cup. But what I think is really cool about it is it contains iron and zinc and it's known as a blood tonic. So I like that because um, it's perfect for post-period to rebuild blood levels. And personally, I am somebody that always, um, like I struggle, I take iron, you know, like I my iron's low and I get pretty fatigued around my period. So I just think it's amazing that there's an herb out there that works with your body to um, like replenish what you've lost in your blood. And it's also a liver support and kidney support, which is super important because both the liver, the kidney and the um, intestines are flushing out estrogen. Um, and you know, that's something that you want to keep optimal. So I think that one's probably my favorite. It just feels like it's such a, uh, like a king of, of herbs. It was great. First, like learning about all of these things, like tools and resources that we can use to support ourselves. And Oh my god, I remember I just came across Masako Bakery and it was such a fangirl moment because in learning about the certain phases and I love um, JJ Purcell's book on her latest book where she just touches on, say, in a certain phase, it's like, okay, well, then maybe I'm feeling this way because X, Y, and Z and therefore I could really capitalize on my ability Ooh. to socialize during uh, this week. Yes. And I just love how we can use... The, the support systems to better enhance like how we navigate through this world in our lives. Yes, I totally, totally agree. Um, yeah, that's, and I love that. It's, it's a great point. I mean, we don't think about that we are creatures of cycles. I mean, by nature, and that is what we are. That is what feels natural. It is, again, it's like, it's not only okay to feel a certain way during a, a certain phase, but it is exactly where you're meant to be and what is how you're meant to be, like where how you're meant to cope, move, address. Um, like we don't, we're not stagnant, and we're not meant to be stagnant. Exactly. Um, and I love that. I agree. I feel like that there's a lot of empowerment there when yeah. we can embrace that we have cycles and embrace that that's a good thing. You know, it goes way beyond just the nutrition. There is so much that you can tap into uh, when it comes to your cycle and each phase. I'm really not seeing it as a crux, but something that you yeah. really need to step into. And I feel like it can be so overwhelming, but that's where, like, Moon Cycle Bakery, like, I really feel that you offer, it's so relatable, it's so understandable, and you're offering products that we would genuinely just like love to consume and learn about and yeah you get to do both you get to eat and you get to learn <laughs> i love that that makes me happy that's a big uh education is a big something i'm really passionate about and it's something that i think is needed to continue to um develop fem like fe female feminine woman empowerment i just think that that's very needed now and always and um when we can educate ourselves we have choice and yeah. and that's everything yeah. and then realizing the vision of moon cycle bakery what did that partnership and working with the nutritionist look like and how have you actually navigated say the food safety and security and what were there any protocols or processes you had to undergo yeah so um gosh Working with a, um, a nutritionist has been a dream. 
I've loved every second of it from the beginning since we started working with Katie Lemons and, you know, like all the information I speak about, everything I, I talk about is purely from these amazing women that I've learned from. Um, so I'm so grateful because it's really helped me grow in ways I never could have imagined and they've helped our business so much. Um, but it's, yeah, it's been great. I mean, really what, what it, the process of it is we sit down and we talk about, okay, like we have this many treats, they're supporting this, what holes, like what gaps can we fill? And then we look at what nutrients um, can help fill those gaps. And then we kind of look at, okay, what recipes can we create that taste delicious and also help to support the body? Um, and yeah, it's, it's just been absolutely amazing. It's so much fun. I love collaborating. So it's been really fantastic in that respect too. Um, and as far as, as like certificates and, and that kind of thing that we need, that's more on the end of like the baking. So we bake out of a commercial kitchen and, um, so we bake out a commercial kitchen because, um, we, when I lived in Washington, we could do the cottage law, which is like, um, you can bake out of your house but you have to have someone come and inspect it whatever but we have a dog and I just didn't want to do that and now that I'm on the east coast we have a commercial kitchen as well um so that's been really great and you have to have like your safe certification which I actually had working in a kitchen uh like a couple of years ago so I just had to renew that and and go through that again but yeah it's it's a lot like when I first started looking into what we needed, it was very overwhelming. And then I talked to a bunch of people, we did our research and it actually, it wasn't as scary or as much as I thought it would be. You're essentially bringing together branding and user experience and catering towards an intuitive understanding of an integral part of the female health system, all whilst allowing for it to be consumed literally in a very relatable way. Um, and you're making an app. So you're uniting this very personal, specific aspect of our health, but converging it with technology um, so that we can better understand ourselves. And I really want to know, like, where was your head at when the idea of an app first came up? Um, well, so, so yeah, I'm, I know. I'm so excited about the app. And this year we are, we're actually focusing on, um, we're redoing our website so that's even more user-friendly. Uh, you know, we've gotten like feedback on certain things, elements and parts that people want to be able to um, have more control over, like canceling it themselves or skipping a month or um, changing their treats and like getting an email when they are updated, um, all that kind of stuff, more user friendly. So that's super exciting because that's going to launch the app really, really well. Um, but for as far as the app goes, I think I'm just... I am a naturally a, techn a technological person. Like my my dad is in computers, um, so and has been since I was a little girl. So technology has kind of always been a bigger part of my life and something that I'm interested in and curious about. Um, but I think I just wanted, I just really want this to be as easy as it can be for people because it's already it, it can already feel overwhelming and hard enough. Like you know, not only caring for yourself like some days it's, it's not easy it's it's enough of of a, a prize to get up and brush my teeth some days you know like when things are so overwhelming so I wanted their health their choice their education about themselves to be able like you said 
to digest as easy as possible and to be able to um, to navigate it as easily as possible. And to me, that was in an app. Yeah, so I'm super excited to see how that evolves and um, to see, you know, like the best, to me, the best part about it all is to see what people think and say because they're, you know, our customers are our compass. So it's it, it'll be really great to hear their feedback and continue to grow it out. And are there any elements in the framework of the app that you've taken from personal experience and have integrated it? Um, yeah, I would say um, the so the uh, calendar part of the app, like the tracking part, the period tracking part of the app, I wanted to build out quite a bit um, because I always find that like when I can track, um, honestly, more so like my emotional states during this to like my symptoms, but also as far as emotional um, mood swings, anything like that comes up creativity. Like when I feel like my creativity is peaked, um, when I feel like all I want to do is stay on the couch or when I feel like, um, I want to, like all I do want to do is be outside. Like I, I start to kind of on my own track my desires and like my longings and my yearnings during my cycle. And I want to be able to implement that into the app as well. So that again, it's kind of well-rounded, like it's not just nutrition. It's not just like physical things that we're tracking, but it's also emotional and like fun. Like, you know, it, it goes beyond just your period. It goes beyond just tracking the symptoms. It goes into this, like, getting to really know yourself better on a holistic, in a holistic, um, view. I love that. I love that you've really just taken it full circle and it's not just something where it's like, Oh, got to go to this, that, that time of the month again, got to get my supplies. And it's such a drag. Right. Oh, I love that you've built it out in this like emotional framework as well. Cause yeah. I and I, I think another thing we'll probably add to the app. You just reminded me of actually, when you said that is like, um, things to make it easy as well like the education that we are providing making it easy to implement it so like another thing I'd like to add to the app is a place where you can create your shopping list um so that when you are like if you're in a phase and you're like I'm gonna go my period I want to make sure like I have dark chocolate in the house or I want to make sure I have um sweet potatoes um or you know anything like that you have this space where you can like jot it down. And like you just said, it's not like, Oh, I have to go do that. It's like, it it just makes it, it makes it a lot more integrated into your life and it makes it um, a lot less of a burden and a lot more like a, an empowering, like I'm taking care of myself and this is fun and it feels good. Cause I've seen a lot of women, the whole entire trend of bullet journaling. And there are Mm. a lot of women and girls who take into tracking um, their menstrual cycle, but then again, it's like you look at the burnt bullet journal, and I've heard a lot that people are saying it's so overwhelming, and I just don't want to do that, and I feel like this here is a perfect, perfect go-to for people who are just, yeah, it's like the next step, tech savvy, it's like you want it on the go, and it's just no hassle. Yes, exactly. Yep, well put. And in terms of sourcing a team, what did that look like? Yeah, so... Gosh, birthing a team was one of my favorite bits of 2018. It was so natural and organic, honestly. Like, it, it, I would kind of, I, I saw where I needed to fill, where I needed help, where I wanted help. It's funny because I, uh, we were at the Well Summit this in um, New York City this past November, or October. And um, we were able to um, go into, like, certain 
uh, lectures and that kind of thing. And I had stepped into a panel of investors, uh, female investors uh, in the wellness space. And one of the things they said was, you know, even beyond numbers, beyond growth, they really look for a team and they really look for like a strong founding team and a, um, a founder who a good founder knows what they don't know and then they fill in. And so really that's how it, it came to be what it is and, and what it was. And I think because of that, it just worked so well. So we, we were able to have some interns that were, we were, you know, they were magical. Like we just, they were such good fits and we had such a good time together. Some of them stayed on, some of them became freelance writers, which is really great. One of them is still our nutritionist and helps with customer service and she's a doll. Um, I had a, an absolutely amazing a publicist from the start of, like, right when Kickstarter was funded, which is, she's, you know, made such a huge difference in our business, honestly. Um, so she's helped us with scheduling podcasts, with um, influencer marketing, all of that. So, yeah, it's, it's just, I love, I would say, like, one of my favorite things is to see I, other people's skill sets like I just really appreciate people who love to do what they do and are really good at it and I'm not <laughs> so it's it's been amazing because I need them like I need these people to to make Moon Cycle what I want it to be and what I think it could be and I've just been blessed with such kind loving honest hardworking even like fun having people that really I, I don't even know where Munsiko would be without it. I find that like the people you surround yourself with that and like your team they're really gonna build the basis of the audience and the community that Moon Cycle Bakery is going to cater towards. Yes. It's so true. Like I just hired actually at the end of two thousand eighteen um an amazing woman, Adrielle, she's the head of our social media and our, I mean, I, I, I'm in awe of watching our, our engagement grow, which is so important to me, or very organic engagement um, through her. And yeah, I agree. Like our customers are more, like even more on board because of the people that, because of our team. So I couldn't agree with that statement more. And in terms of Kickstarter, I'd love to know, how did you like find the experience with Kickstarter and was there maybe say a platform that you would have wanted to try out more or yeah, why did you choose Kickstarter? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, to be honest, I chose Kickstarter because it was like what I had heard about most and I don't know if that was the best call. It worked, but um, I chose Kickstarter initially because of that and then I actually had a, a good friend of mine um, whose husband had helped brands and businesses on Kickstarter make millions of dollars. Um, he had been doing it for years. They were all very successful, fully funded. And he actually created a course that you took that helped you do this on your own. And he was offering it to a few people for free in return of feedback and, um, you know, like able to help him grow and edit the course, et cetera. So I was one of the lucky few that got to take that course and it made, I mean, I don't, I don't think I would have been able to launch. No, I, I know I wouldn't have been able to launch the Kickstarter without it. It was 
it, there's a lot of work that goes into launching a Kickstarter, a lot of things that I had no idea about. And the biggest thing is probably that it's a very psychological game. Um, so the studies have shown that, and I can't remember the exact percentage, I think it's 20%, but if you are like 20% funded within the first day, you are like, I, I don't know, insanely more likely to be fully funded in general. Um, and the reason being is because people, like if you get your friends and family to, to pledge to your project in the first day, then outsiders who are finding it through however, you know, however you decide, emails, means of ads or whatever, um, social media, if strangers are coming to your project, they're more likely to pledge seeing that you're already 20% funded because they want to, they want to support a successful Kickstarter project. So all these things and so much more go into it, um, design, et cetera. And, um, he was really teaching that through the Kickstarter platform. So that's why I stuck with it. I would have loved to also look at things like Indiegogo, um, any of them really, any of the crowdfunders, because it was stressful with Kickstarter simply because if you aren't fully funded, you don't get any of the money. And so there's, I mean, in a way that's great for people like me who I kind of like that fire underneath me, like to keep me, you know, like really on top of it. Like I like a little pressure. I look, I work well under pressure, but it, the Indiegogo really is this is a very similar platform I've heard. And also um, if you aren't fully funded, if you don't reach the full amount that you are asking for, you still get whatever it is you've, you've raised. And, and that's really awesome because you know, something is better than nothing, especially when you're starting a business. So uh, it really just depends on your, you know, what you're asking for, um, what your preferences are and, it, you know, in this case, and in, in my case, if you have someone that maybe can help you in a certain platform or not. Um, but it was an awesome experience and very humbling. You know, like it, I felt so grateful for everyone that helped us. And um, we, again, we really wouldn't be here without it. What were some of the, the self-care rituals that you did during this time? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, I would say I called my mom a lot. <laughs> yes, the mom's. Yes, uh, a lot of calling my mom. It, you know, there was a lot of self doubt that would come up. Part of um, what I did during the Kickstarter was email, like you know, kind of like cold calling people, um, some people I hadn't talked to in years, and having to be really vulnerable and open with like, this is what I'm doing, and I really would love your support. Um, and that was, it was hard some days just to put yourself out there and. I mean, you, you know what it's like, you know, like anytime you're creating something and putting yourself out there, um, not knowing what you're going to get back. And I, again, I was so lucky, honestly, like I felt like people were so kind and giving. Um, but on the days that I was just scared to do it, I would usually call my mom or go outside. Um, I, I feel a lot better and a lot more grounded when I'm outside, even if it's just a, a quick walk. Um, or I would, you know, hang out with my dog. My dog is like my biggest stress reliever. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say that it was just very simple things because I was, I was working from sunup to sundown at that point. Yeah. I would try to find ways that I could care for myself that didn't require a whole lot of, um, Elaborate. like going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like a whole lot of time, a whole lot of effort, et cetera. Yeah. And this kind of feeds perfectly into this, but was there ever a time 
where it was guts versus logic and you went with your gut. I already feel like Moon Cycle Bakery is pretty much an example in itself. Um, but yeah, if you have maybe just something small where you're like, whoa, that's true universe magic right there. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, gosh, that's... Well, the biggest one I can think of that just happened um, recently was... Well, there's a couple. One, we... Uh, we were accepted. To te- we were asked to come to the TED Women, like the um, like TED Talks, TED Women Conference, which was a complete honor. Um, and it, but it was a little bit last minute for us, and um, and it was in California, so we really had to figure out how to make it work. And it, it was Charlotte, actually, our publicist said, like, my gut is telling me we should do this. And I totally agree. And um, I wasn't going to be here. I was actually going to be traveling in Europe. So it was the first time that my amazing team was going and, um, you know, representing Moon Cycle and, and doing that, that work. Um, I sat down with my parents, because they actually went out and helped as well. And um, we all agreed, like, this is we need to do this. Like we don't, we will figure out a way to get there. We'll figure out a way to make everything work, but we have to do this because it is an honor and it's, you know, um, our guys telling us we need to do this. And it just ended up being an, an absolutely fantastic event. I mean, we, the feedback we got was incredible. Um, the opportunities that came out of it were incredible. The, the women were unreal, you know, just some of the most amazing women you're ever going to meet, ever going to hear from, ever going to learn from, so yeah, that was one thing. As a, that was in November, so that's one of the more recent things. And then I would say another one is actually a bit different in the sense that um, we have been building our websites all of last year, and um, it was great. It was we were building it from the ground up, and we I got to a point where I we needed more data, we needed more of a back end. Um, we're getting more orders, we're growing, and because of that, we need uh, more structure and more automation right so like we're not getting so bogged down in the back and and the um like office part of the work that we can't continue to grow the business but our back end to build that out on our website was going to take a lot of time um and I knew that it was something we needed I mean again I got feeling was we need this sooner rather than later um so we actually decided to move it like to a completely different platform which is why we are redoing the website as well. And, um, and that was going to be more money, but I just knew, I mean, my gut, if there was no doubt, no matter how many ways I tried to dice it or look at it, that this is what we needed to do. Um, and you know, I ha- haven't seen that the results of that yet, but I know they're going to be so good. And, uh, and, and really at the end of the day, it just feels to me, it feels so much better to go with my gut than to logically you know logic my out of something that my gut is telling me is is not I need to go with that because you look back and you're like why didn't I go with my gut yeah exactly <laughs> every time <laughs> it's um, so true it is and and, like, and I definitely did that there were definitely times in the website building you know the previous where I was like oh, I know I know that this isn't and then you know it's like you can delay it as long as you want but the, the fact that your gut is going to tell you that's not right. It's still going to be there. So you might as well listen and again, just get ready to jump because it's scary, but it always works out. Like I really truly feel that every time I've listened to my gut, it's worked out. There is definitely a safety net, even if you don't see it. Yes. That's a great, that's a really beautiful way of putting it. 
Okay, I'm, I'm really excited about this question because I saw that you made a post recently on Instagram and it was proposing the idea of having Moon Cycle Bakery in Europe, which oh, yes. would be amazing. Um, so kind of treat this question like a journal slash manifestation moment, only orally. Um, and well, yeah, what have some of those demands been like? And where would you want to be based? Just all the good stuff. Yes, I love this. Um, okay, so... Man, we have gotten we have gotten a desire and outreach and um, emails, everything from people in Europe almost since the beginning. Um, a big part of that was when we started to get press. We had a lot of press from Europe, um, and we did have a lot of people asking us, like, "Will you come here, etc." Um, because we could never ship to Europe because of customs and everything else, we talked about opening a place, which is why when I was there you know, I was kind of looking around at like what people have, what, what there is, what there isn't. Um, and I think by nature, just by like aesthetics alone, which I go would fit in really well in Europe. Um, so the, the demand is a lot of it's in the UK and a lot of it's in France. I would think about having a place, honestly, that's, I feel like harder than like, I feel like I could have it anywhere. I feel like London would be an awesome place. Paris would be really cool. Um, I mean, I love Amsterdam, so personally, I would love to have that because it would be great to go and <laughs> visit. Oh, um, it's so good in the, between the canals. Yeah, exactly. I know. When when we were there, I was like, it would. I would just sit and look at our Airbnb. We were right on the canal, and like look at across the street at certain uh, places and be like, it looks so cute, like tucked away right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I think like a bigger city. Uh, but I, those would be my top three right now, London, Paris, and, and Amsterdam. And then as far as the States go, uh, that's something that I'm, I'm still very, very much considering. I mean, we've got, had a lot of people say that they would love to have a shop or love us to have a shop in the U S and right now my husband and I are, are working towards where we're going to settle. So our parents are from the Northeast and, and we're just kind of figuring out where in the Northeast we want to be, um, but I actually think the opposite of Europe, I would want to open up a shop like maybe in a smaller New York town or something like that to start off. And then, you know, being in New York City would be amazing, but it's it's quite uh, there's a lot of competition. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind at all starting small in a smaller town and, and just seeing, you know, how it goes if people are interested. And in that respect, it wouldn't just be baked goods. My dream is more it to be like a cafe. So it would be the baked goods for sure, but it would also be meals that are hormone supportive. It would be like a menu that has really delicious, healthy foods, which Brian would definitely help me on creating. And then it would be a part of the menu would be towards hormone supportive meals for women that are not only on their periods, but that are pregnant or postpartum um, and need, you know, they need that nutritional support. I've talked to a lot of doulas who tell me like the biggest thing that women the, one of the biggest challenges after having a baby is that um, the food that they're, they, they, you know, can barely get up either because of having just given birth or, and or because their baby is with them. And so one of the biggest things is, is making food. Um, and, and it's so important because they've just lost so much blood and, yeah. and, you know, so much, their bodies went through so much, so they need a lot of support and it just isn't quite there. Um, and that's something I'm super passionate about. So I like the idea of having a cafe where these women uh, and women in every phase, menopause, et cetera, can come in 
and um, if they want to support their hormones through food, they can. What would your menses guide be that you feel all those looking to support themselves through their monthly cycle should have and make use of? I would say that the biggest thing is to listen to your body. Your body and you know best. And there is, like, the biggest thing that I stress on Moon Cycle, I stress it to my friends, to my family in general, especially when it comes to nutrition, is um, there is no one-size-fits-all. And that's the beauty of it. That's where your empowerment comes in. You have all the answers. And Moon Cycle, anything in this realm, we're, we're supporters. But at the end of the day, uh, you know. So trust your guts. Trust, trust your body. And, yeah, I mean, I really don't think you can go wrong when you listen to yourself. This is Devin, Guts and Glory, signing out. This was Blood, Sweat, and Chocolate with Devin Perino. Refer to the show notes to further get to know our guest. Share your thoughts and show us some love by subscribing or again touch to be featured on the podcast. Release every other Monday. Thanks for lending us an ear. Passing on the mic.